Um, so welcome back, everyone. It's myself, Julian, again, and my sister, Jessica. Um, so I just wanted to begin our um, session today um, by praying first. So close your eyes, bow your heads, everyone. Thank you, Father, for bringing us for another, bringing us together for another video. I'm hoping that you please guide us during this conversation, during our conversation, during our topic. Please let us not go astray and let this, let, um, let what comes from our mouths is what you would like us to spread to um, your children. I'm asking for you to guide, protect, and continue to bless over this, uh, bless over our video today, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Sorry, guys. I'm so, we're so tired. <laughs> I can see I'm making so many mistakes and repeating. We're pretty exhausted. It's been a long day for both of us. But the, but, um, the Lord is our strength. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But um, so um, this week's topic is going to be about church hurt. And we think it a perfect topic to lead into from the previous topic, which was um, the falling away, which tied in with progressive Christianity. And we believe it's the perfect topic to talk about because majority of the people that do end up falling away and leading to progressive Christianity or any other walk that they decide to take, it um, some of the times it do, it is because of church hurt. And so I guess maybe I can probably give you guys my own um, personal story of dealing with church hurt. Um, I remember distinctly, actually, and this was one, yeah, what happened was um, I, I went into church to do something. I think there was like some type of event that was going on. And when I went in, it was like everybody kind of had like their own cliques and they were kind of all just like with each other. And then I just felt very alone. Like I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to or anyone to go meet up with, with, um, which is weird because if you know me as a person, my sister likes to claim that I'm a social butterfly. I don't think I am. I think our other sister, Nikisha, is more of a social butterfly. But for me, it's not, it's not hard for me to hold a conversation with others. But for me, I just felt so alone in that moment to the point where like, I just left because I just felt like I just didn't belong. And for someone to feel that way at church, I can kind of see why some people would be like, oh, I don't want to go because there's too much drama. There's too much clickiness. There's too much this and that. But for me, what I took from that moment was one of the things I took from that moment was, wow, I kind of need to socialize with others that I don't know and be comfortable with doing that and introducing myself. But in addition to that, um, and I had came to this conclusion that I'm just not going to be one of those people in church that needs a click for me to have to go to church. Okay. And so that's kind of always been my motto. If I meet someone, I'm very nice to them. I'm very courteous. Um, people that I do know, they'll introduce me to others and whatever. And that's fine. But I'm just not a clicky person. So that's my story that I have to share. I don't know. Jessica, do you have a story that you can share? Yes. 
indeed. <laughs> uh, but let me just say for those who didn't watch the video last week, or um, well, we, we actually split it into two um, 30 minute sessions, but please um, go to our social media page, everydaykingdomliving.com on Facebook, on YouTube, or Instagram. And so you can get caught up with the conversation that we're having. Also, just to briefly introduce ourselves, um, I'm Jessica. I'm the voice behind Everyday Kingdom Living. And this is what we call authentic Christian conversation, where my sister and I are discussing things that we would normally have in private. And we've now taken it to a public forum because we feel this is conversations that can benefit and edify the um, body of Christ um, of believers. And just to make it see, make, make others see how easy it can be to just start a conversation about Christ. Um, a lot of people think it's just so hard and, you know, the enemy would want you to believe that it's, it's so hard to talk about Christ. But I mean, it's just as simple as having a conversation. So I'm located in Jamaica, is in Jamaica, and Julian, you're in? Toronto, Canada. I'm actually in Mississauga, but it's just so much easier to say Toronto because everybody knows Toronto. <laughs> so true, so true. Yeah. Um, but following up on what you're saying, so... I have had my experiences of church hurt. Um, I have to say, though, I really like that your experience didn't involve like um, words being said specifically, because a lot of times when I think of church hurt, that's actually um, what I think of people, things that have been said or done intentionally or unintentionally um, that have made others um get hurt um so wow um I have had <laughs> my share of experiences but I I give you know all praises to the Lord because um they didn't completely um turn me away let allow me to fall away from the church but um it was things that I struggled with my identity in Christ and um why I am the person I am today in terms of um, realizing that you, I'm going there to serve God, I'm not going there to serve man, and that people are imperfect regardless of if they are um, a born-again Christian or not. We're all trying to reach perfection. So I would say my most, not to narrow down a specific um, church, but I guess overall my um, church hurt experiences comes from oh I, I enjoyed visiting <laughs> um different churches um when I moved from um Canada to Jamaica and what had me thrown aback because um I was you know fairly young in the faith was I had my dreadlocks and it's just it's it's still something that is um you know shunned in a lot of churches um, and so, like, I would go there, and it's not that I I wasn't dressed, if you'd want to say, Christian-like, you know, I'm a, I'm modest, and, you know, and I would be clapping my hands, singing the songs, have my Bible, reading the scriptures, but I felt just like you, Julian, I felt like an outcast, um, and, you know, you'd have people that were always trying to bring me to the altar to get me saved, and I'm like, I'm already saved. Um, so I felt like I, I received a lot of rejection because of my hair. 
in majority of the churches down here because um, that one of the um, errors I would say is, you know, a man looking on the outside instead of um, knowing that God sees the heart. So a lot of people would see me um, with dreadlocks and just assume that I wasn't a Christian, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially on the streets. Um, you know, there was the presumption that I didn't have the, the natural hair look and, you know, I didn't dress a certain way. So um, just that I got a lot of rejection from many of the churches I visited, um, some to the point that I didn't even have any interest to return because the treatment was very poorly, poorly done. Um, mm -hmm. So that is my experience of church hurt. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think especially when it does come to church hurt as well, um, yeah, sometimes it's action, sometimes it's words, sometimes it's a combination of both. Um, and, I, and, and a lot of times I hear people complain that the type of church hurt that they experience, is ha it has to do with their appearance, how they dress, how they speak, um, what they decide to wear to church. And I think that's so weird that that is a, like that has become like there's some type of standard to what identifies you as being a Christian if you dress a certain way, if you have your hair a certain way, or if you look a certain way. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that as a Christian, certain things develop within you to know what, like what convicts you to know what's appropriate to wear. However, not everybody is going to have that stage like that right away. For some people, it takes time. Um, so I, I think the worst thing you can do as a Christian is, is shun someone because of how they dress or how they look, because of the Christian, you're supposed to open them with open arms so that eventually they can be like, Oh, I feel accepted. I feel that I'm, I'm I can be comfortable in my sin in the presence of other Christians mm -hmm. and that eventually over time, the Holy spirit will work with them and be like, uh, maybe you shouldn't wear that skirt where if you sit down you can kind of see your underwear you know <laughs> like stuff like that maybe definitely <laughs> that's not something you should do but uh, I think just coming just even attending church to hear the word of god that's what's most important and i think that's the sad unfortunate thing that um ends up being lost when someone decides that i don't want to go to church anymore because of the church hurt I've experienced firsthand because a lot of the times it is firsthand or even secondhand where it was a family member and it's a family member that you love. So you hear of it and you're like, well, I'm not going to go anymore. I think the sad part of that is now it's kind of like, um, I guess, I guess you would say it's just unfortunate that you've, you, you decide to X out all churches instead of saying that church is not for me. Let me go and look for another one or let me let me work on, my, on myself and then pray for discernment and then seek another church that I would love to get involved in or, or become a member of. I, I completely agree. And you know, as you sent me the topic and I was just um, thinking about it, I, I have to say that um, you know, in, in retrospect, I think a lot of there, there needs to, I guess, be a distinction 
just because but one, I've, I've heard a, a pastor say, you know, there isn't really such a thing as church hurt. It's just really being hurt. But the reason why it gets that name is because it's members of the church. But people hurt us um, regardless of if they're in the church or out of the church. So to, mm -hmm. to classify it as church hurt, um, it kind of gives it like a bad stigma that, you know, it's something that will happen only in the church, whereas we can experience that same type of hurt outside of the church and it, it will affect us the same. It's just that because as Christians, we put a higher standard that, you know, we wouldn't expect from other God-fearing Christians. That's how it's um, had has this meaning of church hurt but really there is no church hurt it's just being hurt but I think what a, a lot of the misunderstanding in that is because we because we are all imperfect and because you know the Holy Spirit is still working on us there are still things that we have to um, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to convict us and for us to examine ourselves and you know, work on ourselves. So if we hurt someone intentionally or unintentionally, that the Holy Spirit can reveal that to us and there can be some form of reconciliation there. I think mm -hmm. this needs to happen more in the church. Mm -hmm. church I mean, obviously in the world, world as well, but because it can cause somebody to... Um, completely um backslide and, and give up on all churches it's it's such a sensitive topic that we have to be mindful of our actions to others mm -hmm. um, other, other thing i was thinking about like from a lot of my personal experiences i think a lot of people um have to be mindful of um godly correction um you know, um, I, I think Paul talks about godly sorrow because he had rebuked this church because of um, their actions, what was happening in the church. And he said, you know, it caused him godly sorrow, but godly sorrow brings repentance. And so a lot of times um, I, I would say that you also have to be mindful that if somebody says something and it may offend you, but they're doing it um um, because they're concerned, but because for whatever reason you are not open to criticism, constructive criticism, and then you get offended, that is something I would say that's completely different than somebody um, doing or saying something that is not in line with scripture. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if, if somebody says to you, uh, let me think, I could maybe think of a personal example. Um, if somebody well, there's like for an example, there's certain churches, not our churches that we know of, but there's certain churches where women have to wear skirts. You can't right. wear pants. Yeah. Right. Well, no. Well, because uh, then somebody I, could come up to them and be like, "Oh, you know, you're a, you're a you're a lady. You shouldn't wear pants okay. to church. You okay. need to put on skirt or even." you know, sometimes well, get called uh, out. <laughs> that was a tricky one because, you know, that's really more tradition than scripture. But I was thinking more along the lines of 
knowing the difference between um, being rebuked for some about something that is more scriptural versus something being done that doesn't that isn't supported by scripture. Um, so, for instance, somebody might say to you, um, like, as a good example, um, you know, um, sister so and so, um, I realize that um, some of the language that you use um, is not something a Christian should be using. Like maybe you still say swear words that, or may not even be swear words, but words that are offensive to other, like damn. Like for me, whenever I say damn, I, I, I just, I feel so convicted. Like it's, it just seems wrong for me to say it, you know? Um, that may be a poor example, but you know, there might be words that, that offend others and so somebody's talking to you saying you know um you'll, you should be changing the way you speak and then you get offended like oh people are trying to like program me or Allah I'm um, trying to change the way I speak and then maybe you leave the church but that's a godly rebuke whereas somebody might say um the whole time, every time you come to church you're coming late sorry the patwa every time mm -hmm. you come to church you're coming late like that's not, it may be that the person um you know maybe where they're coming from um they can't get an earlier um drive to get the church so that is the earliest they can come i mean yeah it wouldn't probably be permissible at work so yes mm -hmm. they do need to work that out but the fact is that's not really a godly rebuke that they're mm -hmm. Um, you know, if the circumstances um, permitting, it's not something that's intentional. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think people need to like distinguish between like godly rebuke and church hurt because I find they get clumped up together. Whereas yeah. a lot of times people, um, you know, young in the faith and, and mature Christians um, may, may have someone try to correct them and they... Um, they take offense or, or they take mm -hmm. offense or completely um, leave the church, whether permanently or go to a different church. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's something that a lot of people just need to understand that there is a difference between, you know, actions that are not scriptural and actions that are. So if somebody is trying to do or say something that is for your benefit to try and help you grow and mature as a Christian, um, that's not really... I, what I would consider church hurt when I was mm -hmm. younger and I I mean I, I didn't know how to take correction well yes but now you know I, I thank sweet to God I've grown in that grace where I can say yes this person is looking out for my best interest I really need to do some introspection mm -hmm. but I think maybe also we can't just only put the blame on the person that's on the receiving end. We need to also look at the people that's that's telling the these tips and these advices or whatnot. I think they need to be cautious of how they go about doing it as well. Like you don't do it in front of people. Like okay. if you're trying to help someone and show them and correct them, you do it right. privately. You don't do it in front of a group of people because then that, you're just embarrassing the person, you know? Definitely. And I think also... I think like you've taught me as well, you need to let the Holy Spirit lead you to see if it's okay to go about doing it. You can't just see it and then going to do it. You know what I mean? Right. Because like, what if that person's going through something and you see them in a pew and they're crying because they're having a moment? That's not the place and the time to go up to them and be like, by the way, <laughs> you're not allowed to wear earrings here. <laughs> like, you know, could you imagine? So I think 
I think yeah. both sides need to be accountable. One side, they de- they do need to understand that some things that you are trying that we that someone is trying to correct you in, it's not to it's not to bring you down or make you feel less than, but to kind of help you grow as an individual in Christ. And then the people that are also telling people things, you need to know the proper t- place and time as well. Right. Um, but um sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, no, you finish because I'm what I'm gonna say might shift the topic. So Okay. Well what I was gonna say, you I mean I I agree with you in saying that you need to be mindful of um you know the 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 circumstance and um how like the, the mannerism and, and, and the tone in which you say things to people definitely um mm-hmm. I add to that that if you don't have a personal relationship with that person, you definitely have to, I mean, you should ask regardless the Holy Spirit to, um, you know, intervene and and allow you to have wisdom of how to go about saying certain things. But especially if you don't have a personal relationship with that, that person, you are unaware of how they will receive it. That's very true. But what I was going to say also is you're saying, you know, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't always be done publicly. Um, but one thing I, I, I love about Bishop mm-hmm. and, and my pastor here is that they, you know, they operate on biblical principles. So I know an incident years ago had happened. And um, I guess maybe church members were saying, you know, why hasn't he addressed um, the person publicly or something to that extent? I mean, I'm just I'm just. Um, filling in the blanks based on what was said on the pulpit mm-hmm. in scripture he said if there you know if you have an art with someone first you go to the person you um and you have that correction um you know so he was following scripture if, if they don't listen then you bring somebody else with them if they still don't listen then it's public rebuke so there are times when um public rebuke um is what is scriptural so um, just in terms of you saying it shouldn't be done publicly, it depends on if you are going in line with what scripture says and at what point you need to bring it to a public rebuke. But as I said, it really the Holy Spirit has to intervene and lead you and, and guide you in how to approach certain situations because a lot of times he'll show you things and all you need to do is pray. Okay. Mm-hmm is intercede and you know thanks be to god he will intervene in that situation and all you all he needed for you to do was pray for that sister or that brother well i think personally well not personally but what i was referring to was like for example if someone's standing with a group of their friends you don't go to them there and 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 embarrass them in front of their friends as an example um The one that you just explained that I understand that's a little bit of a different situation, but I was thinking more like personal circle, circle, like after church type of thing. If people are hanging out and talking, you don't go up to them then and be like, oh, you know, in front of everyone. Yeah. Unless it's like something where maybe it's a group thing where it's multiple people in the group that you want to approach, then I could understand if you do it in a public format, but to embarrass someone in front of family or friends I can see that being a reason where they're like I'm not going back you know as opposed to privately then you're correcting them privately so that they can adjust you didn't even give them the opportunity to adjust first that's true and I yeah I think a lot 
a lot of times what happens as 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 you say that in these private um I don't want to say confrontations, um, but like when, when discussions are approached, discussions, if you want to say, a, a lot of times, like with me, I, I, I'm so big on, um, you know, God is a God of order and, you know, he's put um, these men and women as our leaders over us. So a lot of times we also need to seek their counsel before we do certain things, you know, because a lot of times you see persons have left the church and it's not not any fault of the pastor, but it's because these people have approached them in the wrong way um, without mm -hmm. knowing and they get offended and then they paint church with just one big brush and say, oh, I won't go back to that church because all those people are like that. When it's yeah. one person, good or with good or bad intentions that approach them the wrong way, that use the wrong tone, that just, you know, approach them in the wrong situation, that turn them away from returning to church. Mm -hmm. The Bible yeah. tells us about like, you know, um, the, the, the seeds. So um, the word will go forth and it will um, be, it will land up among the thorns. It will land up on shallow ground and, you know, some will land on good ground. And so the enemy is always looking to snatch that word, especially from those who are, are new to the faith. And mm -hmm. fortunately, it is people that he uses a lot of times. Yes, there is warfare going on in the mind, but it's a lot of times it's persons that will be used of the enemy unknowingly yeah. and, mm -hmm. and turn others away. So I think it's so important when you're uncertain of how to approach a situation, speak to the leader, speak to somebody in charge because they are in leadership for a reason. Mm -hmm. And they will, you would be surprised how much wisdom they will bestow on you because mm -hmm. this is what they do daily. Yeah. They do, they're interacting with persons, whereas you may not have that experience or you may not see it how they see it but you know just to gain some wisdom and to not turn somebody away i i think that's an avenue that a lot of persons don't um consider when they're going to approach persons yeah so and and i might be shifting it a little bit but i think um this is just something that i want to mention um in case there's others that are that are watching this and they don't have a home church right now um and i guess it this is something that's safe to say as well because it is a reality. But I think, and I and I love to use the word "pray for discernment." I'm pr I'm pretty sure I've said it on every video we've done now, but it is it's true. Too. It's true. But like, I I think a lot of people need to, and I've learned this from you actually, Jessica, is before you go to any church, um, you definitely need to pray for discernment. Yeah. before you touch any church and you also need to re research about that church because let's be honest Jessica there are some churches that are not really church <laughs> and so if somebody's going to those dwellings thinking and believing it's a church but it's very chaotic that's just going to bring destruction in their lives you know so I know this is going another I'm, like, what? <laughs> I'm not going to mention any church names or persons right, right. or anything, but we both come across it. Like you were saying oh, when, before you got a home church, you were visiting different churches in Jamaica and I'm a, I'm a hundred percent sure you came across certain churches and you were like, 
what is going on here? Like you can just, there's, when you have, when you, when you get to that type of level where you bring for discernment, you ask for covering and you're asking God to show you where should be your home church, you'll go to certain places and you'll notice that God doesn't exist there. Okay. But there's still people going there assuming that there is, mm-hmm. you know? Ichabod. Ichabod. Yeah. The Lord has departed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think I think that's something that a lot of people need to be aware of as well, because they could potentially be potentially going to, um, I'm going to quote church um, or establishment, I would rather say, where the spirit of God is not there. And then they experience all these bad things. And then they just stamp that up and say that all churches are like that. Like I, I've spoken to people in the past where they've told me that they prefer to go to churches that are smaller because it feels like a real church compared to like churches where it's a huge and there's a lot of people. Okay. So there's that as well. So we're delving to the topic of church hurt, but we want to make sure that where you're experiencing it may not necessarily be a place of where God's spirit is. Okay, I, I was I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to like understand um how it timed in tied into everything, but like just let me see if I'm understanding. You're saying that you know because it is the Holy Spirit that um teaches and 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 because God is love, and so if God is not there, then there's more than likely you won't have that feeling of love. So you're mm-hmm. more than likely to experience um. Like because of the behavior of the believers, yeah. Because let's just say that okay, I, I I'm not gonna say the church name, and honestly, I don't even think I remember it. But um, I remember a friend in high school. Um, she was, I think she was a a preacher's child or something. I'm not sure, but I remember she told me um that what had happened to her was, yes, I think her father was a pastor or something and what had happened was I think he was calling her up to the front and then like he was kind of like publicly rebuking her and he chased her around the church in front of the church members wow I don't want to judge that church because I don't know it and it's obviously what she told me but Uh now that I've grown in my walk with Christ to me that doesn't seem like something that God would say is acceptable or that that's something biblically that he was following. Okay. So for me, I'm just like, was God's spirit there? You know? So if God's spirit was not there, he has, he has turned that, that person has turned away a lot of people who have experienced the church hurt within his institution. Cause I'm not going to say church. So that's what I, what I was trying to say was the places where the spirit of God is not, mm-hmm. you'll probably most likely experience church hurt because there is not going to be order okay. within that establishment. So am I, am I wrong Are for we, thinking that? Um, I, I have to disagree with you to an extent because the irony is in those churches you find that people feel more welcomed because they want people there. Like I went to churches and they're very, oh, hello. This is, like they're ve- I find those churches, and I'm, and I'm not trying to um, say that 
um, I don't want to term use the wrong terminology. Um, mm-hmm. um, the, the churches where you would you would quote unquote say you know um, the spirit of the Lord is not is not there. Um, I, I find they're a lot more friendly. I, I find that they're more welcoming. They're tr- they're trying to draw you in, um, and that's not to say that um, other churches aren't. But mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I've recognized when I go to these churches. They're um, they they they're they're very very welcoming. They 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 want you to feel comfortable. I know of this one church I attended, and there was this um, brother that left and went to one of these churches that I'm talking about and you know when I um you know just random and had a small talk I'm like oh you know what happened why did you leave because his mother still attended um the other church and he's like you know they were just so loving and they were just so caring and you know um I've never been prophesied to um as long as I've been going to that church and as soon as I went to this church um they were telling me all these great things about myself and so they I find those churches they they do more things to keep you and to put on blinders on you because they don't want you to realize that this is not of God so so I I I guess if you really look into it, a lot of these churches have to be man-centered. They can't be God-centered because they know, thank you, Holy Spirit, that, you know, when you feed the ego, that is the natural, um, you know, that's the sin, that's the flesh side, you know, that Mm -hmm. man will we'll say I want you know I want to be like the most high that that's how sin creeps in that's what sin is always saying but the Holy Spirit is always humble it's always humility it's always done according to the will of God and so when you go to a church that is of the will of God I mean I mean, it, it just depends on on uh, on the ushers. You know, um, they'll do their best, yes, to be welcoming, but you might have a one-off where people aren't welcoming. Like, I experienced that, and I, I wouldn't say it was one of those, um, you know, Ichabod churches, um, right? But they looked at me as a sinner, and so they they weren't very welcoming to me. But I mean, the, the, you could feel the presence of the Lord there. So I think we have to be careful because when we put this high standard on man and not on God, mm. people are imperfect. We are imperfect, saved by grace, trying to attain perfection, and so mm-hmm. people always do things that will offend other people because we are come from different personalities different backgrounds but it's Mm -hmm. who you are and and that's what has kept me in church all these years is that i'm serving god i now realize and i thank god that i've broken the grace where i'm not as easily offended i've become more thick-skinned because people have done a lot of things to offend me you Mm -hmm. know realize just like them, I've offended others too. So yeah, you know, I can't. It can't be a one-sided coin because you're going to offend people knowingly and unknowingly as well. And so That's true. You can't just be looking at the mirror and and saying, "Oh, them, 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 them," and not looking at me, 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 me. Yeah. Other yeah. thing, if you permit me, because I don't want to be yeah, yeah. all the yeah, yeah. yeah. Is I think, uh, Lord, help me. All right. Um, 
for the longest time, I remember I used to always go to church and, you know, they'd always say, oh, oh, the presence of the Lord was so wonderful. It was so wonderful here. And I was, and I was like, mm, it just felt like a normal service. And this is because I come from a Pentecostal background. So, you know, when service is like fiery and, you know, the Holy Spirit is moving. You know what I mean? There's that, there's that experiential yeah. feeling like you, you get that bubbling in, in the bottom of your belly, like the Holy Ghost is moving. And so yeah. sometimes when it would just be a very, a very calm service, the word would go forth and, you know, the worship was there. And, um, but like, there wasn't that there wasn't the, the 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 glory of God. There wasn't because the um, Hebrew word for glory is um, kabod, and and it means there's just this weight. There's just this weight, and so when you're in church a lot of times, and and the glory shows up, there is just this thickness in the atmosphere, and there's just this presence that your your senses can't comprehend it. And mm-hmm. so I, I want to make the distinction because I. I was confused until like the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. God is omnipresent. So no matter what, he is always there. Mm -hmm. But his glory is not always there. So when we say, when you say, you know, God wasn't in these churches, um, you know, the spirit of the Lord wasn't there. He's Mm -hmm. omnipresent. You know, David says in the Psalms, where can I go where where you won't find me? If I go to the other part, most parts of the world uh, or under the sea, if I even go to Shaul, you know, hell, you will be there. He is God. That is is a trait that only God um, can be. That's a characteristic of him. He's always, he's omnipresent, right? But what it, so you can't say that his presence is not in church it's his glory um, okay. in the book of isaiah he talks about you know he's standing in the temple and the um the train um of the 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 robe like fills like he's talking about the glory of god just fills the temple and i think solomon um when after he prayed like the glory came down and like he couldn't move like the glory of god is is what um, when that comes down, that's what the tangible difference is. That's why you'll hear um, a lot of times pastors or preachers will say, oh, you know, God, Jesus is here. Jesus is here because you can feel a tangible presence. But mm. even if that that doesn't happen, he's omnipresent. So he's always so there. He was always there. It's just that so then when you say that are you saying that that means that you just can't operate in the holy spirit then no what what i mean is like what i what i want to clarify is because you're saying a lot of these churches like we're talking about ichabod you're saying like in a general sense the spirit of the lord isn't there yeah yeah understand what i'm saying but Mm -hmm. what i'm trying to say is he's omnipresent (laughs) so he's there even though he, his he's he's there but uh, like i think when from my understanding what it is it's like his glory isn't there his glory isn't there to manifest himself in certain ways but he's like he's god like there's no way he's not there you got what i'm saying it's not like you and me but what about what about this room and not in that room but then what about places where like they don't 
do things of God, like they don't follow the instructions of God, God will still be there. But that's my point. <laughs> that's why. Like, okay, I get what you mean when you say he'll always be there, but I just mean like it's missing something that separates, that se- would separate their church from a church where, yeah, it's so hard to, to get into it because that's the glory that's what i'm trying to say so then okay so then okay fine so then let's go let's go this route then <laughs> so then is it safe to say that even in churches where his glory aren't uh, is not but like you said god is always there can there still be deliverance in those type of places and that's why it's all about god and it's not about man because man does nothing it is all mm-hmm. about so no matter how corrupt the vessel is, you know, that the Bible says that he chooses which vessel he uses for honor and for dishonor. So he, he used, um, there was a time when there, there's, you know, this famous church, uh, church saying, who God bless, no man curse. And yeah. actually a scripture in the Bible, but where it comes from is that um, when the children of Israel were in the, um, were in the wilderness, they had crossed over into Canaan and there was um, a king named Balak. He knew that they were, they were going to have to pass through his land, but he was afraid that, you know, they were going to overtake him essentially. So he mm-hmm. called for this guy named Balaam. Now, this guy, essentially, he was a, 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 like a sorcerer, if you want to say, put it in that mm-hmm. way. I don't want Jamaican terms. So yeah. He called him and he's like, he put, they're on this hill and they're looking down on the children of Israel and he's like, curse them, curse them, curse them. But God had already warned Balaam, like, these are my people. You cannot curse them. And so Balaam had to go, but eventually he goes. And while, while he's, um, Balak is like, I'll pay you more money. I'll pay you more money. Just curse them because this happens three times. He's like, listen, I cannot curse who God bless. You know what I mean? So um, the, the point is he, Balaam was, had the ability to bless these people, even though he was a dirty vessel. Because he wasn't a common God, he wasn't he wasn't somebody that God was using, but God mm-hmm. used to bless the the children of Israel. So God will use anyone. So, so then, so that's why some people will still continue going to these churches because there's still deliverance, and so to them, they don't see any faults or any wrongdoings. Right, but I think that's a that's a tricky subject in itself because you see the the in, in Revelation, um, you know the the um, the 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 beast he gets wounded. He's um, there's like the beast and there's the false prophet and the dragon, and he gets mm-hmm. a wound in his head, and then he heals it and he calls down fire from heaven and and you know the people are cold and they begin to worship him they begin to pray worship him as a god and so he uses these signs and wonders to fool these people and so in these churches they can also be using the enemy the the the, the power and the um deception of the enemy to be doing these things and so when you're saying deliverance may have taken place what I've seen when I witness one one thing is that it's 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 a it's a false it's a false deliverance it's it's um. not that God is doing but that's not to say if God wants to deliver that person they won't because uh. we, we cannot just look at a church and say God won't do 
what he wants to do because that is man looking from the outside. We don't know what oh, okay. Okay. Leave that sister and that sister might come out. Like look at Elisa Childers, right? She went to this church um, where the pastor was an agnostic and, you know, she went through the, the deconstruction and thank God she went through reconstruction and now she's telling her story. So God can mm -hmm. deliver that person who's gone to that church and take them out of that church to know that, oh my God, this wasn't real. Uh -huh. so we, can say, we can never say God is not doing something or has not done anything. That, that's really not our call okay okay but it may be that the church is not of god but it doesn't uh, god is omnipresent as i'm saying he can choose what to do what he wants to do okay okay thanks for clarifying because when i when i when i think of the presence of god not being in a church i just automatically assume that god is not there mm. not that but you get what I mean? Like, not that he's not there, but like, he's just like, you cannot operate in the realm of anything that God would not, do in a church. Right. Yeah, because that's what I assumed. Um, if, if, if I remember correctly, like the story why um, the, the um, Ichabod, where the spirit of the Lord, the Lord depart, um, departed, it was a story, I think, in either San, either first or second Samuel or first or second Kings, where, um, you know, um, Oh, whose sons was it? Oh, geez. I think it may have been Samuel's sons too. Um, they they worked as priests in the temple and essentially they were doing all these um, corrupt things and God was like, I'm going to essentially take, you know, um, I'm going to take, I'm tearing it away from you. Like you guys are doing too much corruption or, you know, sacrifices, you're taking the, um, the, the parts that you're supposed to give back to the people and so on and so forth. And so like, um, it, it, sadly, like, <laughs> they they die a very gruesome death and um one of their wives was present um was pregnant and i think um she goes into labor and i can't remember if she names the son ichabod or whatever but i um that's it meant the glory of the lord had departed your um. generation dies so i i know that god was already telling them that listen like i'm not with you and so in the sense that he will not um, work through them anymore. So it's not that he was not his, he wasn't there, um, you know, omnipresent, but it's just that he will not um, use them, he will not manifest through them anymore. Mm, okay. Cool. Well, okay. So something else that I actually watched, I, um, I, I'll send you the video after, or maybe you, Maybe I've already shared it to you in the past because it's a pretty old video. Okay. And um, this pastor was uh, our our pastor there that we like in the states, one of them. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And so he was actually he was actually talking about the topic of um, church hurt. And really? one of the things, yeah, it was really good. It was a really good sermon. And one of the things that he touched on, he was saying that kind of um, made me think, like, wow, yeah, that's true. Is that he was saying that for a lot of Christians, um, many of them, once they've been saved and they've seen the glory of God and they see how amazing God is, they start to shun some of the things that they previously, let's be honest, even used to do. So then that's why when they see people do those things, they're just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, do you not know what 
how amazing God is and how great God is and how to operate in, 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 in the presence of God or growing with God. And so that's why to, to us, some of the, some of the times, um, what they do, it can come off being a little bit nasty, but in reality, it's kind of an, of their way of showing how bad they reject it and how bad they want to stay away from it. It just doesn't manifest or come out in the proper way. Okay. I would have to I would have to send you the video to see it, but the way that he explained it, it was pretty interesting. As a matter of fact, maybe I'll look up the video and then we can add it to the description. So yep. if anyone's interested in checking it out, but the way that he explained it, I was like, that makes sense. Um, it doesn't justify it for sure, and we're not justifying it. Um, but yeah, I, I think this topic is pretty heavy and pretty interesting because. Uh, there's so many people that I see on my Facebook that used to go to church. Right. And like now it's kind of just like, they don't want to do that anymore. They don't want to be a part of it anymore. As a matter of fact, they've moved on to something else. Yes. So I, I think it's definitely a topic that needs to be discussed because I think just, especially with like the younger generation who just doesn't take anything from anyone. Yes. It, it's, <laughs> It's, it's, it's good to know and talk about these things because we need, like you mentioned, like there's, there's godly rebuke and then there's, how would you say, instead of godly rebuke, it would be like just hurt. Just doing things that like just doesn't, it's not in line with scripture. It's just going to hurt the person intentionally mm-hmm. or unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. not using the Holy Spirit to lead you and let you operate correctly. Definitely. Yeah. So, so what was he saying? He was like giving an example of um, like essentially things that persons used to do um, that they no longer do. And now they see like um, people, those who are young in the faith doing them and they're kind of rebuking them. Strongly. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, he okay. went into more detail about it and he explained it better. So I'll, I'll send you the video and I'll also we can include it in the description of this video because it is nice to hear someone actually speak about things that we do deal with as Christians. Okay. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, so then how, I guess, because um, we do want to end the video, but how would, how would you, what advice would you give to someone that has dealt with church hurt and they may not have gotten over it yet? Wow. Um, well, I, I remember um, I went I was evangelizing to this lady and, you know, just, just encouraging her. And I was like, you know, at the end of it, I was like, you know, I, um, I hope that you will find a church home. Da, 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 da. So she's like, you know, I do have a church home, but you know, they're up here, they're hypocrites up there and I'm not going back there. And, you know, in interestingly in our entire conversation I never picked this up like she was so receptive of the message it seemed like she was like you know she was so welcoming to the message I didn't feel any like um like 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 she wasn't interested or she wasn't just just like had any grievances and stuff yeah but at that point I realized that she had been hurt by somebody and so it wasn't that she had turned her back on God, but she had turned her back on that particular church. And it seemed like what she was saying is maybe it was a church that was close in her vicinity. So maybe she didn't really want to go to any other churches. Like maybe 
for whatever reason, like um, maybe bus, the traveling fare she couldn't afford or whatever. Um, so in that situation, I just had to encourage her, like, remember that you are doing this for God. You're not doing this for man. And mm -hmm. so that's what I would say, and that's how I would encourage somebody, you are doing this for God. You're not doing this for man. Because when every knee will bow and every tongue must confess and you see Jesus, and he's like, you know, obviously, I, I don't know what the conversation will be like, but you know what happens? You can't be like, oh, sister so-and-so said that, and that's why I stopped coming to church. Like, that's not a valid reason. You didn't worship mm -hmm. me. You, you were, you were, um, you cared highly about the opinions of others. Mm -hmm. You have to, yes, you will be hurt, and I've been there, and you know, you have to take your time to recover because we're humans. Mm -hmm. But don't allow that to stop seeking God, to stop um, attending church, because the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling together of one another. So mm -hmm. go, talk to that sister or brother, have that reconciliation. If it's not possible, then know how to go forward, but at least clear your conscience, but don't stop serving God. Don't stop attending church because of some small or large misunderstanding. Allow God and pray for the grace to just continue along the narrow path. Mm -hmm. And then how about, do you have a message for those who have been hurt and then they just believe that they don't need church, they can have church in their home by themselves? Um, I would say this, um, I, I would say the same advice is that <laughs> um, it, it's tricky. If, if you're, if you're in a sabbatical where you're taking a break from church, because I've done that, um, but you have the intention to return to church, that's completely different than not attending to any church at all. Because the thing is, if anything happens to you, if you need to be ministered to, heaven forbid, if you end up in the hospital or you just need somebody to talk to, you can't, you, you know, these, and, and they're, I'm not bashing anybody's ministry, um, you know, that's online or whatever, but there's just not that same um, possibility that they're going to be able to come and visit you. They might be able to pray for you online, but they don't know you personally, whereas your church brother and your church sister will know you online. They'll come and visit you. They'll come and pray for you. They'll call you. There's just mm -hmm. not that intimacy if you mm -hmm. have online church strictly than if you go and fellowship in person. And is there certain things that can happen at church where may not necessarily happen at home as well? Most definitely. Um, most definitely I've, I've seen the difference when like for me I know people when when since this lockdown and persons are like oh god you know um, we're, we're used to the building we don't need the building believe you me it's not about the four walls but there is a difference when the people of God come together in one place on one accord and God moves that's how Pentecost that that's what happened the people were in one accord so you know there to me there's a difference when the people of God are all in one place not that I'm saying he doesn't move online because right now um, you know I'm limited so I'm watching a lot of my services online but I hunger to be back in fellowship and so I just say you know seek God and and, and pray and pray mm -hmm. and to, to um, move on your heart and 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 guide you in that way because that's why he sent the Holy Spirit to guide and counsel us Mm -hmm. And like I've mentioned many times, pray for discernment. <laughs> yeah, don't let 
don't let the negative experiences that you may have come across or things that you may have find to be, have been offensive be the reason and be the end all for you saying forget about church i want nothing to do with church i want nothing to do with church people if anything um, and like Auntie Angela has explained to us, if you are, are a church member of a church, you need to make sure that you do go to the leader of that church and you are released out of respect and just out of the principle. And once you're released from that, Jessica mentioned sabbatical, you could take your sabbatical, make sure you're stayed up on your praying, you're stayed up on your reading your Bible, but then don't use that as an excuse and, and, and as a way for you to delay finding another home church. Definitely. But um whenever people invite you to church, make sure you ask them what's their doctrine and it aligns with your doctrine. Jessica, Jessica's taught me that one. I've learned, I've learned the hard way guys. So I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. Ask them what their, the church doctrine is, visit their website, visit their Facebook page. And then when you actually go look out for things, you know, see what, see what it is. If it makes you feel good, if it makes you feel comfortable before you decide making somewhere that church, making that, that place your, your, your home church, but don't give up. That's all I have to say. Don't give up. And, and God's definitely not going to give up on you. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, this was a good one. Um, I want to thank everybody once again for tuning in. Um, as I said, you guys can, um, like and follow us uh, at Everyday Kingdom Living. We are on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So you um, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we are more than open to have further discussions with you. But we want to thank you once again. And we will see you in two weeks with a new topic. Take care. Yes. Bye, guys. God bless.